Oh. Hey. Hey, it's Petey from the Spin Rack. We also have Calvin Ellis ready to rock. So we're ready to do another episode of um Comic Book Hero. Comic Book Hero, lead it off. Well, don't forget, we're gonna have some merchandise coming out soon. You're gonna be able to get your very own comic book hero t-shirt. <laughs> Stay in shape so you can look good in that t-shirt. That being said, we're here once again to answer all of your lingering questions for those of you guys who want to know more about the business or get into it. So let's see. Hey, so Sam, what's the most that you would spend on a comic book? Um, depends on the comic. I would say my thing is 300 across the board. Yeah. I've, I've been noticing that one, the comic book industry, is, the only reason why you can have books that are selling for a thousand or a million dollars is for, a, it's literally in respect to the amount of buyers. I think there's like maybe like a, at any given time, it's probably like a million comic book readers. Mm -hmm. That's been a steady number, I believe, for, for, for a very long time. Most of those guys, after I've done some research, it finds the average comic book buyer is their income is about like $35,000 a year, mm -hmm. which is, that's pretty much minimum wage. That's like about $15. That's pretty much yeah. $15 an hour. So those are the guys that you're selling to and may not have a lot, may not have the distress, discretionary income, you know, to buy some of the bigger books. I would also factor in that if you're making, if that's your average if that's your average income, then your readership is usually like maybe anywhere from 20s to 30s when you're making that smaller amount of money. And then guys mm -hmm. tend to get out of it where they're not spending as much as they, you know, as they get older. So they're not the they're not going to factor in for the average reader. Then uh, you have guys who, you know, are employed. They have the discretionary income. But for some reason, they don't want to pull the trigger on a comic over a certain amount. It's like, hey, you know, how much is this? 500. Ah, oh, man, 500? I don't know. I don't know. It's first appearance. It's a book you've always wanted to see. Yeah, if we could just get that five down to, I don't know, two, then I could definitely see my way there toward it. Yep. You know, then I could definitely see. And mind you, it'll be a good, it'll be like first appearance of Hobgoblin, first appearance of, I, I mean, even like some of the stuff like first appearance, well, you're not going to pay $200 for that book anymore. I was thinking first appearance of Werewolf by Night or first issue of Werewolf by Night. It could be a really cool, some really cool books like that. Even in graded form, they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can justify spending that much money on a comic book, which is queer to say because, you know, these guys are collectors. And then you get the guys who are the upper tier where these guys will pay, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, $15,000 for a comic book that they've been looking for. And those are the guys who actually drive the numbers. But those are the collectors. Those are the guys, I mean, I've done business with these type of guys. The first time I did business with a guy like that, I was, it, it reminded me of when I was selling toys because I remember what I was asking for the book and he didn't even blink. He just like counted out the money, gave it, looked it over, looked good to him. And that was it. He was on about his business. Whereas, you know, the guy was a $10 book. He wants to see it out the bag, look at it, look at every page. Hey, what's this on the staple? I think that's metal. The staples are made of metal. Oh, I don't know. And then after all that, put it right back in the bag. Looks like somebody might have tampered with it at the end of the day over a $10 book. But I've been trying to gauge that range at the end of the day. And it seems pretty much where you are. I think the average guy, his ceiling is somewhere in the low hundreds. You know, okay, 100, 200, 300, anything over that is really difficult to get them. Out, even if they want the book. Even if they want the book at the end of the day, even if the book is selling, 
you know, for more than that. Even if you can see, well, this book is probably going to be something at the end of the day, you know, that's pretty much where their number is at. You know, they've locked into that. But the comic book market, uh, the it's counterintuitive, but the comic book market isn't based on those guys, strangely enough. It's based on the guys who will spend more money than that, which you would think would be the opposite. You would think that if the 300 number or the 200 numbers where most guys are at, that's where most of the stuff would be. And somehow these books go up exponentially, not because of the multitude, but because of the minority who will spend more money on a comic. Mm. Well, isn't there, if you have a comic book and everything else is like 9.8, but there's like a nick on the staple, maybe the, the staple you can see looks a little bent. Doesn't that take it down to like a 9.0 or something like that? 8.8? If, if only, but no. <laughs> Why not? Isn't that, a, you got perfection, but at the same time, that staple is just like a little dented. It might've been done in the, in the, that's, in the that's, that's like that stuff that these guys, this is that stuff these guys like to do from the old days. Because if you could, if you could just keep knocking down, knocking the book down, then instead of paying, you know, 50 bucks for it, you know, this guy might lose heart in the book and you got it for 15. Oh, look at this and look at that. You know, that was part of the whole dance and the whole game at that point. Once you've brought in CGC and you haven't under, well, if you actually pay attention to it, uh, you know, which guys say that they do. But once you brought in CGC and you can say, okay, this right over here, this defect, such as it may be, is not going to knock it down six grades, you know, at the end of the day. Might do a grade, might do a half a grade. So if it's a 9.8 and you're like, well, look at this staple over here. It looks like the staple's a little bit bent. Okay, so not a 9.8, 9.6, 9.4. Whereas these guys are going from 9.8 down to 8.5. That's how many? That's 8.5, 9, 9, 2, 9, 4, 9, 6, 9, 8. It went down five grades just for that. Doesn't um, thankfully it doesn't work like that. It all used right. to, but no longer. So, all right. So I've kind of I've listened to some of your videos before, and you mentioned about the pricing being too low from time to time, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying I've tried to, I've tried to use, utilize that idea. I tried to take my, now it's not that Heathcliff with the, whatever it is, whatever that one, I don't have that one, but I have some other star comics and they're from like, you know, my golden age, the eighties. I don't understand why I can't sell them at least for $10 each, my star comics. Why can't I get rid of my money my money's worth. I've kept them. They're in perfect condition. I haven't graded them yet, but I'm thinking about grading. You think if I grade those star, other star comics, the other Heathcliff, like there's some number ones in my thing of these, these, these things. Why are they not moving? Okay. Well, it depends on which star comics you have and which issues. Let's say you had Care Bears number one. You easily get 10 bucks for Care Bears number one, even if it's, especially if it's newsstand. Same for Heathcliff, uh, Madballs. What else? Oh, he meant uh, the Masters of the Universe, Thundercats. There's a bunch of the star comics that you can get money for. Where you're probably not going to get any money is if you decided to buy the original ones that Marvel created, like Planet Terry, Top Dog, those books. If it was connected to a show, like Heathcliff, Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, you got a good. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to sell those books. If this was an original Marvel creation that's going to be, you know, that I couldn't tell you about. That's definitely going to challenge you. So if you are a big fan of, if you are a big fan of Planetary, Top Dog, you may wait a while for your money. But there's 
no reason why you should have a cop uh, trouble moving a copy of Heathcliff, uh, Care Bears, Masters of the Universe. Uh, they did a, I mean, because they, they did a fair amount of licensing. They did a mm -hmm. fair amount of licensing and all of those, you know, all of those books sell well. I mean, no, those weren't even Star Comics. I'm thinking the Visionaries and the Gargoyles, but they did a fair amount of licensing amongst the Star Comics. There's no reason why, no reason why you should have any problem selling them. I don't know about that. I'm going to just say that if you, in a sense, you might have found me out in what I'm trying to sell, but at the same time, why can't those other books sell as well as the Care Bears? Because I see the prices some of them are getting, and it's just driving me insane. I work, I bought them at the same time in 1986. I should make that same amount of money, even if it doesn't have the Care Bear on it or the number ones. Okay, well, the two, like, okay, if you're dealing with Star Comics, the two best sellers for Star Comics, and, and this will be surprising to people, the two best sellers were Peter Porker, The Spectacular Spider-Ham, okay? Most people don't realize that was a Star Comic, and Heathcliff. Those are the two best sellers. So anything else, anything else didn't sell as well. Remember, Star Comics as an imprint wasn't very long, wasn't very long lived. However, if you had one of the other books, okay, it might be rare and so, but nobody was reading that anyway. All right, I mean, this is the harder thing because I you saying I have to wait for, and this is not even a star because I don't want to bring out this as like the, you know, bringing out my US ones, which have the covers. Why can't these classic covers by Wilson Kevers, why can't I sell a book it has an amazing cover. You can. Which which cover? Is it a is it an like, amazing cover? One, it's like amazing cover by Bill Sinkevich. Is it an amazing cover one. to is it an amazing cover to you or an amazing cover to to, to well, other people? I think as in well? comparison, yeah, you can say that. You can be yeah, I don't like your line where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> it might be amazing to me, but you're saying I just had to wait for the animated US one. Or the thing, uh, oh, you wait a long, it's, wait 80, a long time. it's the same period US one? these classic things. U US 1, you're going to wait a long time for that. That's never going to happen. Trying US to really, trying to, this is the problem. I knew you were out there breaking people's hearts. So Look, let's, let's. When, when again, are we going to have a time in, in history when people are interested in trucking? You know, when, <laughs> are, we gonna, when are we ever going to have a series called BJ and the Bear again? <laughs> He's not right for saying those things. It's funny, but I don't like it. No, so those comics, that, that, if comic, if those things were tied to trends, and you had books like that, you have a comic character that's really popular that was tied to a trend, and that was the Silver Surfer. You know, so sometimes it's tied to a trend and it works out. Other, there are other times, you know, it, it doesn't just doesn't work out at the end of the day. But, I mean. Okay. Uh, that's, like, that's, like, oh, I'm saying like this. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. You can still sell a couple of those for a decent amount. Transformers. Um, GI Joe, uh, Joe, you sell you sell GI Joe for gangbusters. First issue, first appearance of Storm Shadow. I said Transformers, GI Joe, that Micronauts, and now go to US One. It's in the same vein of those that stuff. No, it's not. GI <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Transformers. We're supported by cartoons. 
and we're very, very success, and we're very, very successful, not just with the cartoons and the toys, but also with the comics. Very long runs. If you look at uh, what was the other one you just said, uh, Micronauts. Micronauts, in terms of a, Micronauts, was more successful than the toys. The comic series is more successful than the toys. At the end of the day, however, if you look at you know something like US One, US One was right along with Team America. Okay, you know, Team America sells a little bit. Team America. Have you seen my? You must have seen my YouTube page. <laughs> there was some interest. So, how much would you give me for my Team America, though? Uh, make, I'll make a deal. It's the best offer. I won't tell you the price, but what would you give as the guy? I mean, this is. Uh, if I have a full run team, I've only sold Team America as a full run with the first appearance from Captain America because their first appearance is in Captain America. So I would use I've sold that as a full run for fifty bucks. That's usually what You're I was saying. Do. I need to have the Captain America issue. It helps because that's their first appearance. <laughs> that's not that's right. All right. So otherwise, you got Team America, and you got some of the issues where you have like an appearance from a Marvel character, like Iron Man. Ghost Rider makes an appearance as well. Those issues tend to retail a bit well, but you know you want to sell it as a full set, and if you can sell it with newsstand copies, you'll definitely get more money for it that way. But that was, I mean, that was what Evil Knievel and motorcycles and motorcycles were hot. So you got Team America. I mean, Marvel's been good for that. Like, hey, what's hot right now? Motorcycles. Put some guy on a motorcycle. Let's see what we can get going over here. What's going on right now? Oh, look at this BJ and the Bear. Okay, great. Let's do some. Let's do some US one. Let's do some trucking at the end of the day. And US one was such a neat. I mean. Did anybody read that? I, I thought oh, maybe. Only, oh man, I'm thinking. I don't want to say any names, but these are like people who I went to school with in grade school. I think maybe only a couple of those guys were reading it. We, you know, both of them. <laughs> well, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. If the two of them were in the same class together, you had your hands full. I think those are the only guys I know who might have been reading it at the end of the day. Well, I would say. I think I would say I didn't. Only, I connected to it later because it was. Um, U.S. one. Well, see, it was in the She-Hulk, and it turned into the cosmic, since obviously the She-Hulk had some of the obscure and or considered lame characters in there. So they were in space at that time. And that, at that point, they moved, at the end of the series, they moved the um, their diner and the trucking into space. So literally, the truck was in space. So uh, when Byrne did it, he did update the truck to a, a cool type of truck for U.S., but he... Burn only dealt with the supporting characters was was um Terran first and um that, that's when Razorback joint comes in that series and um they meet up with the she she meets up with them and US one comes in later and they obviously fight fight them but that led my interest into seeing it and it's interesting because they have like Herb Trimpy who had the hot hand I mean he was hot on the Hulk hot on GI Joe and then Marvel is like well, there was a gap between how let's, let's put them on this thing, and it wasn't a, obviously it didn't hit, but um you know Vern did another story in She Hulk where it was a, like the sequel to that where it's more U.S. U.S. and She Hulk together, so that got me to reading that stuff, and it's like you know it's simple sort of comic books and whatnot, and Vern uh, kind of plays too because the you know the hot girl in it is kind of you know the is Taryn who's a dark haired girl and she's like the the Mary Jane of the series but she's hard to tie down. Now the blonde, who's kind of the softer one, and when we meet up, Taryn decided not to go into space. And then, of course, that's the plot of the story. She decides to go to follow U.S. to say, hey, I'm interested. But at that point, 
they're already in space. <laughs> the U.S. has made it with, you know, it's, it's got having about to have a kid with the blonde girl and everything kind of Taryn is like, I'm king here for nothing. But that's all the way I got into it. And then at the same, but it's still hard to say having these books that are around the rarity of these things are like nil of some of the projects where I started seeing the prices being bumped up on everything, but then going on to that, it's just like, nope, here's some things that'll never have a good price tag on it, or seeing some having some star books and then seeing other star books that are like 200. And- you gotta, <laughs> you've got to have, unfortunately, with comics, you need interest greater than comic readers for something to take off. That is that is just the unfortunate thing. So you can have something like Planet Terror. Well, Royal, Royal Roy is going to be harder because they got sued for over Royal Roy. Harvey was like, that's Richie Rich. You better stop mm. it. <laughs> so that was the end of that. But, uh, you know, they still have Royal Roy. He's still, you know, he's still a Marvel character and he'll appear. I mean, they appeared after even after their comics were, were canceled. But you, you got to have something else. If somebody decides, hey, why don't we do this over here? These characters. All right. All of a sudden now everybody's interested in it. It's it's such a Johnny Come Lately thing, but it, it's it's and it's just it's disappointing because some of the stuff that you have over there, like hey, this is some cool stuff, but you would hate to think. Well, Heathcliff is a totally different thing. Heathcliff sells well regardless. You know that series. You know some of the uh, some of the books go for like a hundred bucks. So, but uh, it, it's disappointing that the only way anybody cares about this stuff is when people who don't collect comic books care about it. Now, okay, now we can put some money behind it. And then all they're trying to do is sell it quickly because it's been sitting around in a box for so long. Hmm. Well, um, for me, outside of, um, I don't know, if you were to, I mean, let's say the hard part in some of these videos that we see here that you do, you do your comparison of who's stronger and the Superman thing and I think if you put some characters into some different sort of plan, you know, playing fields, it would t- kind of wipe out their powers, right? So, in my with mind, with hmm? the exception of a, with the exception of a handful of characters, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like two, there's like to the off the top of my head, maybe like three or four characters that, regardless of what the situation is, they're always going to be the last man standing. So I'm saying you put. You put the you take Spider Man and you put the Silver Surfer together, right? Now, Spider Man has done well in escaping them. What if you put the two of them like in the sewer? Silver Surfer would be he had no way to operate, and it would be a total loss. Huh? What do you have to say to that? <laughs> what are you laughing at? This is a real question. No, it's a silver surfer. He doesn't have to move around. He, well, he has no way to go. He's got the power cosmic. He could just emanate a, he could just literally like a, do a bomb blast throughout the entire sewer and just take him out. What's but he more, can't because, see Spider-Man. Spider-Man not, has the element of surprise. His places to hide in the sewer. Not, for, not from the power cosmic. Not from the power cosmic. What's see, even worse? I see. He's got the power cosmic. He could literally do a blast that wouldn't affect anything but, with the exception of Spider-Man. No, you just can't. No, he's in the sewer. It's the power cosmic. See, I was going to go first with, see, I knew you were going to try to play those games. That's why I didn't go with Superman first. But if you put Superman there, who's a little less powerful than the Silver Surfer, 
I'm huh? pretty sure it's over. <laughs> what are you laughing about? No, Good Super Lord. This is Superman, a, come on. Superman, is, uh, unfortunately for the Silver Surfer and characters who are more powerful than Superman, Superman, uh, Su Superman defeats you one of four ways. But one of the things that these guys don't understand is like you come into the you come in like he fought this dude and the dude was more powerful than him. Superman just developed a new power from out of well, nowhere to beat. I'm guy. not talking about the surfer. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Spider-Man getting Superman into the sewer. And somehow so, and somehow he's gonna somehow that's gonna keep Superman from getting him? Because Spider Sense is faster than the surfer. It's faster than Superman. It's faster than the speed of light. It's faster than everything. We the way we've seen it work, that's how it has to work. So Spider-Man has the element of surprise. Yes, there's super hearing, but the spider senses don't allow Superman to react faster. Okay. Spider the spider sense, sense, the, faster. Spider the spider sense alerts Spider-Man of danger. Okay. As Superman's attacking six different ways. And none of those have to do with his physical abilities. So he's got heat vision coming at him. He's shooting some cold breath from over here. He did a son, you know, he did a sonic clap. He also did some. He also uh, did one of those Hulk oh stands on the ground. So at this point, where, what does Spider-Man do against all of that? He's going to find. Oh, no, but you're escaping. You're trying to lose the fact that Superman is kind of a little overconfident. He's looking at Spider-Man, and at the same time. Spider-Man's strength. After the Dark Knight returns, Superman is no longer overconfident with anybody. <laughs> okay, he hasn't. No, he that, that's later in the game, so he still has that. Hey, I'm kind of. I know I can beat this guy. In the strength of a spider, as many times. How many times do you think he could just, good? Superman could just emit microwaves throughout the entire area. Why would he kill him? You don't why have to kill, kill him. Just, he doesn't have to kill him that way. He would just dehydrate him, and Spider-Man would pass out. See, I knew this is—I knew this was going to be some BS, right? So, um, this ah, Lord. So, no, I, I get they look. I'm on board. Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character, okay? And you know, I want to see Spidey. I, I want to see Spidey take it to everybody. But you got to remember, Spidey is a ten-tonner. He's not supposed to be fighting guys like Superman or beating up the Phoenix Force, for that matter. He's not supposed to be doing that stuff. I'm going to sell you one thing, David versus Goliath. Goliath had, everybody seems to forget in that story, Goliath, I'm sorry, David had God on his side. <laughs> okay, it's a story about faith. It's not a story about the little okay. guy, the big guy. If What if Spider-Man has, it's, what's the name, Aunt May and... Mary Jane are captured by Doc Ock, and if Superman, Spider-Man has to beat up Superman to get him, he'll find a way, won't you? Don't you think so? That's what happens in the comic. He worries about Mary Jane or Aunt May, and then he he knocks out Fire Lord. You're saying that if he didn't have that moment of that anguish that pushes him to the next level, the Marvel adrenaline rush that would give him the power to drop. The, the Fire Lord, he couldn't do the same. The Superman, they both travel almost the same speed. Got you. Finally. Yeah, yeah I, the, that yeah. emotional stuff may help him to pick up like an extra ton or two if, it's, if he's trapped, like in that classic issue. But aside of that, that whole thing with Fire Lord, hey, all I can say is Fire Lord, like the rest of the heralds of Galactus, seems to have a, a glass jaw because that made no sense whatsoever. It's like, oh, I caught him in a blast. 
from a gas station. Yeah, <laughs> that'll weaken him. And now if I just keep pounding on him, that'll be the end of it. Good thing it wasn't the Hulk. He'd be, you know, he'd be dead. Like, no, sorry, sorry, Spidey. You know, this doesn't work. I thought maybe he got, no, he didn't know. Even at that time when he fought him, the black suit, he was just in a regular, that was just regular fabric, right? That wasn't the, the symbiote. When he fought fire, yeah, yeah, no, it was regular. It was, had no, yeah, it was, he was in a yeah, regular. Just, no, he's gonna be in the, in the blue, co- the dark costume, but at the same time, it was regular. It was just a regular costume. Yeah, look, it's sometimes in comics, unfortunately, comics and other stuff, you know, it's it. There's just nothing else to say. It was just a bad fight. That was just a poorly orchestrated. That was just a poorly orchestrated fight. This that is my, was, I know you feel the same way. I know you feel the same way about Spider-Man fighting the X-Men in Secret Wars. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what? How did he do? No. I'm, a, I'm going. I've, I've been converted, and I'm just going to say to you like this: There was a story where Carnage took over the Silver Surfer, and this is the point where Spider-Man basically Carnage did not get any hits in. Spider-Man just started hitting him, and it's like, hey, I can't allow Carnage, whatever the thing is, get to that point. So he just starts hitting and hitting, and then Carnage has to. Spider-Man is, is, they don't say it, but he hit him so bad. What's the name? You see the carnage leave to go somewhere else, and the, the Silver Surfer is almost knocked out. Now, with those carnage and Silver Surfer combined, and Spider-Man still being able to, to put the beats on those, that, that merger, how can, if you get Superman out of his element, <laughs> even though it's, the, it's, it's in the sewer, wouldn't that be enough? He just he got all this anguish. Put all that together into one story and the, the David and Goliath thing. I gotta win. Perfect. Well, the carnage, the, the carnage Silver Surfer thing. They usually like to do that because they always have the out of saying that the Silver Surfer wasn't in his right mind, wasn't in complete control of his powers, and then of course Carnage is possessing him for the first time, so he doesn't really know everything that he can do. So Spider-Man does have, to his, in terms of the experience, he has got the upper hand. And when he's pummeling Carnage, he's pummeling Carnage, not necessarily the Silver Surfer. And of course, when Carnage leaves, the Silver Surfer is exhausted because he had been possessed by Carnage. That, that's how you loop your way out of that one. That's, that's just how you, way you loop your way out of that one. It's also one of these things, that's what happens when you decide, and this is years before they started doing all the online stuff about well, what happens if Venom possesses Carnage and then those guys possess Null, and Null then comes over and decides to possess Captain America, absorb the shield, where we're just going to amalgamate power on power on power on power on top of power, and if, for no other, you know, for no other reason. It's like taking a shower inside of a shower. You know, all that's going to happen is you're just going to get wet. There's nothing else to do. Okay, I'm going to have to do my last verses. No bait, no none of that. I'm not even doing none of that. Superman, Juggernaut, mic drop. Bow! Nothing Superman can do to stop the Juggernaut. Mike Drop. Already, Bow! Superman already stopped the Juggernaut. They met. Oh no, you're not talking about that. That freaking what's the name? All they, the they met in the crossover. Not, no, Superman no. Knocked, Superman knocked them down. No. Okay, no. if you don't want, if you don't want the fact that Superman beat him, Mike Drop. Think, if you don't, don't want the fact that, you you forget. Oh no, you let me not say you forget. You may not like the fact that Superman beat him, but he got beat by Wonder Woman too in that other crossover around the same time. What crossover was that? Uh, what was it? This was All Access, and in that one, Wonder Woman just rolls up on him and and knocks him. He just knocks him for a loop. You you using stuff? That's the same thing where Wolverine beat Lobo. 
You say this one that's more for the reasonable works, but when we have the ridiculous one, shouldn't the re making uh, that ridiculous it, one rule out all of are, the stuff? These are two different companies with their own characters, and the only and this is the only time that you can really honestly answer the question is when they actually met. When they met, Superman knocks him on his duff on one, and Wonder Woman knocks him on his duff on the other. I mean, we got the Hulk throwing him into space, so you know, I guess that's pretty much it. Now you're gonna pull in some Spider-Man animated where Spider-Man knocks out the Juggernaut or, or, or stops him three or four times. I'm talking about a straight-up battle, no using a little fake Marvel BS story. Him with the Crimson Bands and his force wheel against mm -hmm. Superman. What can he do to stop him? He can. He he. What can Superman do to stop him? What can he do? Thor had to take him to another dimension. Right? I, I don't know why Thor had to take him to another dimension. Because <laughs> Thor could have just knocked him off the planet. I mean, what was that that dumb story they had where he threw the hammer and the hammer didn't bounce off of him? It just kind of like stayed and hovered right in front and then came back. You know, oh, awful man. stuff like that at the end of the day. He, the thing is, Superman wouldn't do that. He would fly at him. He wouldn't just hover. He'd break through the force field uh, and then just, just uh, get through him at the end of the day. Superman's broken through more force fields than I can count, magical force fields. The juggernaut is- Magic, you just said the magic word, magic. Yeah, yeah he, he's broken through magic force fields as well. So <laughs> the juggernaut- I don't know, I mean, man. What is the juggernaut's claim? The, the juggernaut's claim to fame is that he's this really tough guy and he fights against he fights against these other guys who are strong, but he's not, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a one, he's a one trick pony, even though they decided, well, what about Omega juggernaut? I mean, when. He, when he, once again, like all these other Marvel characters, has achieved ultimate infinite power, yeah, that didn't last too long. But, you know, he was a great character because once he got started, you wanted to see if anybody could stop him. And he was great for the X-Men, even to an extent with the Hulk. But we all know the Hulk could just knock the dude, you know, into orbit, and that's pretty much the end of it. He can't fly. <laughs> nah, this is some... I'm going to have to end here because you're just pulling stuff out of hats now. So, it's not it's not even right it's the simplest thing to say i don't care how dumb the the juggernaut is superman flying and all that other stuff i just think there's nothing in a straight up battle hand to hand ain't nothing superman can do he can't fly for this fight and also tie his hand behind his back i'm not you want to say that so i said it for you so, but <laughs> ultimately, well, I don't know. We're going to end here and for all you guys some know, more questions later. What, what else you got to say? What other dream you got to break? For all you Juggernaut fans out there, look, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but Superman was fighting against Imperiax drones, and each of these guys had power equivalent to uh, like a, a mini Big Bang, and the, and the Juggernaut is not on that level of power. Superman, unfortunately, for those guys, he's the character designed to fight characters more powerful than him and still win. That's just intrinsic in the design. Spider-Man is your everyman. He's going to find a way to win because he's got to get back home to Mary Jane See? or Aunt May unless, <laughs> unless unless the story calls that he's supposed to be he's supposed to be, uh, be affected by the death of his aunt or something, then he won't make it at the end of the day. There's another reason why we have all those great Spider-Man uh, action figures and they're called Battle Damage Spidey because he's getting his ass kicked, because he's getting his ass kicked in that particular story. So we don't want we don't look. You can't have the Sinister Six, and those guys are putting him through the through the loop. And they're putting him through the the paces, and then say, well, look, he can he's gonna come over here and knock out Silver Surfer. You guys out there, okay? 
why just like the character for who the character is, not for how powerful they are. I understand we love these characters because we would love to be these characters, but at the end of the day, you're not this character. You're not this character. You know, you gotta let that stuff go. All right, so we're gonna have to close this out because he's not he don't want to answer the questions correctly. It is his show. He can say whatever he wants, but I mean, but I mean, what are we gonna do here? We tried as an audience. I tried. He's decided that um, my collection is worthless. My ideas on Spider-Man taking on these these high-level characters, which we've done, even though he he actually parried back and said there's a story that happens. Or so kind of, I can't. I have to be honest and say he parried with a good parry. But at the same time, it's still, I don't know. I'm closing it out. Anything else you want to say, Mr. Comic Book Hero? I actually liked Planetary. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Um... Star Comics. <laughs> That's it. Spin, spin a rack out. Spin a rack out.